Octavia and Karun emerge from battle victorious but weakened and make their final push toward Montagnon. Will their partnership survive the aftermath? Will they finally reach the cursed city? But no, seriously, are they there yet? Come on. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I'm Gwyneth, your resident Asimar druid, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I'm Austin, your resident dungeon master. If you like what you hear in the next hour or so, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred podcasting app. The best way for us to grow is by you sharing us with your friends, so please do just that. This week, we want to thank J.D. Fuzz and Chief Dingo for their reviews on iTunes. They both talked about how much they love the show, and we're so glad to be making a show that they enjoy. So a big thank you to everyone who's been tuning in since episode one. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 14. Well, actually, just maybe a little bit more ado, because we have a promo here for another fellow uh, actual play D&D podcast. This is for the 20-Sided Adventures podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at 20SA Podcast. They were nice enough to run a, a promo for us, and we are returning the favor for them. If you come seeking us because you heard about us from their podcast, thank you and welcome aboard. And if you've never heard of them, check them out. All right. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Sito, the AI aboard the Miss Lily. I'm sorry to interrupt your regularly programmed podcast, but I wanted to tell you about my family who star in the 20-Sided Adventures podcast, a D&D 5e space opera. You have Captain Botches. What? Are you recording, Sito? He's a good guy, but he needs to work on his hugs. Hey! There's Nora. Yes? Do you need something, Sito? She's a beautiful princess who can kick butt. Aw, thank you! And Daythorn. Hmm? Ready for a story, Sito? Oh! She's super smart and reads lots of books. You can catch our space adventure right now and then every Wednesday starting in March. Okay, gonna start without you. Ah, uh, coming! Are we reading about the lost ones? It's been a few episodes of, uh... Of crazy stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean... Not just like, mm-hmm, yeah, it's been crazy stuff. Like, oh my gosh, it's been crazy stuff. <laughs> Carhoon is a were-bear. Yeah, you that's guys... just like a small detail. No big deal. It's like not, you know, relevant to anything. You know, just like a small thing. You know, like he has a hangnail. He's a were-bear. <laughs> you guys almost got killed. Oh, yeah. By a bunch of orcs. Very close to death. Very close to death, much death, very hit points, very little hit points, much damage. I mean, that was, a pr I, ugh, that was a good combat. I had yeah. A blast. Man. It was fun and terrifying. Ooh. You know that, you know the combats are really good when you're like really scared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like genuinely worried that one of the characters might die. Yes, this like, oh, I know those first like six episodes seven episodes eight episodes i i was not happy with the comments because i just it didn't feel like there was any real danger mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. opinion mm -hmm. but these ones the the past few and not all of them will be like oh my gosh you're gonna die every single time but mm -hmm. these last two have really felt like there was some weight behind it like yeah. yes someone could have died yeah. last time if the roles had not you know, gone a certain way. So mm -hmm. I am happy about that. I had a blast. I am. Ooh. And we have still yet to unpack the aftermath of this. I know. So last yeah. episode. <laughs> so the entirety of last episode took place over the course of maybe like 30 seconds. I know. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> that is kind of insane. So we come here. And I think things are weighty enough that we're not going to banter too much. Yeah. But we, we come back and you guys are in the aftermath of this fight that began two episodes ago mm -hmm. where Carhoon revealed to you that he is, in fact, a lycanthrope, that he said to you, 
he was maybe not a hundred percent transparent mm-hmm. and honest with you that he had actually not left the city before the curse was uh, let loose, and that he in fact was a lycanthrope, mm-hmm. a were bear. And then you guys fought these orcs. Carhoon almost died. Mm-hmm. And not just like got close to zero hit points, like was at zero and almost died yeah. twice. And you don't know how many times I was at two hit points as a giant hyena. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I, almost got you. I was at two so many times, and then you're like, they attack Carhoon, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have two hit points, and he has zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, So we come to you in the aftermath of this battle. You both are sweating, bleeding, breathing mm-hmm. heavily. Six orc bodies are just scattered across this small uh, clearing on this ledge that mm-hmm. is overlooking this monster horde that is encircling the walls of Montignon, where you have been traveling to for the past several days. Mm-hmm. So what is what is going on? You've just given Karun some hit points back. Yes. He's no longer an imminent threat of death, but neither of you are looking great. You have transformed out of your giant hyena form, and the two of you are just sort of sitting there in uh, in silence currently. So what is Octavia doing? Does she say anything? How is she feeling? <laughs> is she, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on. Lots of stuff. Uh yeah, so at the end of last uh, at the end of the at the end of the combat when the last orc had fallen, she had uh unwild shaped out of her giant hyena form and she had rushed over to Carhoon who was still in his werebear um hybrid form and had uh, given him some healing um to make sure that he didn't need to make any, you know, death saving throws anymore just to kind of stabilize him. And that's where we really left off. And so she's, you know, kneeling as a Asimar, as in her humanoid form. She's kneeling next to this, or standing, or really whatever, next to this werebear-y, humanoid, hybrid-y creature um, that had once been an elf that she didn't know <laughs> could turn into this bear form. Um, and... I honestly don't know if she says anything because I I honestly think that she's speechless because what is she supposed to say? You know, she's supposed to be accusatory. Oh, you lied to me. You didn't communicate to me that you were actually a lycanthrope. No, she's not going to say that. Um, And he's also in such dire uh, health straits that she's also not going to be like confront him because he's like about to die he's not she's not gonna be like mean to him um mm-hmm. and so i i honestly think she's way more quiet than she would usually be because she's like i need to make sure that carhoon's not about to die and then i can yell at him <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> So she's going to give him like three hit points, which she can do with her um, ASMR abilities, because that's what her level is. Um, And then we're going to go from there. Okay. So he, Carhoon is still looking rough, but he's not going to die immediately. Think in these few tense minutes where you guys are just sort of sitting there uh, in silence after a few moments... He is going to sort of shape change out of this form. Okay. And And so the bear fur sort of draws back into his skin. The ears uh, fall to the sides of his head and become pointy again. He, He shrinks down a few feet and returns to the form he previously held, which was a still big burly but an elf. Mm-hmm. He's still breathing heavily. He still looks pale and uh, very injured, but not dead. Oh my gosh. Why didn't you tell me? Like, as soon as he becomes his elf form, Octavia will leap to her feet or st- sit up straight and... Just why didn't you tell me? 
Just, I wouldn't have judged you. I, I don't care. Just why wouldn't you tell me? I, I told you a dream that I have never told anyone in the entirety of my existence. And she puts up her hand. Don't start talking to me about how long elves live and the length of time that your existence has been versus the length of existence of my existence. We're not going to go into metaphysics right here. I'm just saying, I never told anyone that nightmare. And I trusted you with it. I've never trusted anyone with such a secret. And you could have told me. Why didn't you tell me? He is quiet for a moment and then looks at you. And... He doesn't look ashamed or abashed uh, by this this outburst, but he says, When I first came to you, you looked at me with disdain. These past days, you say you trusted me? You trusted me about as far as you could throw me? You've hated me because I was an elf. What was I supposed to say? Oh, by the way, I'm a monster too. I didn't even know if I could trust you. Do you think my kind has been accepted? Been looked upon well by anyone outside of the walls that we're looking at right now? If I had walked into your shop and as as in the form that you just saw me in, would you have welcomed me? Yes, because would I would have, have understood that. I have communed my entire life with the more with the beasts of the field. I would have understood that. That is something I understand and I welcome. I mean, look at me. I, f- I spent half of my life in a form that is other than my own. Of all of the people, I feel like I would have understood and maybe through that we could have found common ground. Yes, I looked at you with suspicion because if you were an elf. Because. Not because of something that I went through, because. <sighs> because your people didn't care. That my sister, who was merely a human, died at the hands of orcs and just didn't give a... Just didn't care. But the fact that you have something in you which is ugly and distasteful, that to the common person, that would have been something that could have bridged potentially this gap between us. I would have welcomed that. Sure, if you had walked into my shop... If you had walked into the mushroom cloud as your other form, my parents would probably have been nervous. But I would have understood. Those were my best moments when I was not with necessarily the humanoid when I was able to commune with something that's more bestial because there's something there's an intrinsic level of honesty sure maybe it's an animalistic nature of wants and of needs and some might call it cruel the the nature like red and tooth and claw but it's honest at least and after all those years of of lying and of dishonesty throughout the monster wars regardless of who was who was saying this dishonesty whether it was your people whether it was my people it doesn't even matter cutting through all of that to reveal the ugliness that is inside with all in all of us i would have respected that so much from you and she's she's hurt and she understands mm-hmm. and she knows like his cut about how she about how Octavia distrusted him at first because he was an elf like that hurts and she's understanding how duplicitous she's been you know she's saying oh why didn't you trust me with this form but she didn't trust him so she's kind of lashing out because she knows she necessarily wasn't like the most uh, accepting and 
nice of a person as she could have been. And mm-hmm. while she feels not betrayed, but like, dude, this was a really important piece of information that you should have shared with me. She does to a point understand why he didn't. He sighs. I am not proud of everything I have done. If it could have been, I may not have ever shown you this form. Do you know what it feels like to doom the lives of hundreds, maybe thousands of others? To be responsible for that many? I can't say that I... No. I was on the team that studied the tome of Belvedere that was found in Montignon years ago. There was more than just the tome. There were ancient magics and things that we could not understand and perhaps it would have been safer if we had left it alone, but we didn't. We couldn't. Montignon is a cursed city because me and my companions could not leave well enough alone. Because we could not let the past be the past. We had to poke and prod where we did not belong, thinking that we could handle anything that came our way. And yes, we we suffered too, but it's nothing compared to knowing that the lives of all of those others, that their fates are on your hands. Sorry I didn't tell you what I was sooner, but if I had to do it again, I think I'd... I don't know if I would change anything. Me and Octavia Riley smiles. Um, no, I don't understand what it would be to have the lives of so many on my conscience. Your fate is other than mine. But currently our paths are supposed to be the same and we are supposed to travel together. So where you are weak, I will be strong. And where I am weak, you will be strong. And maybe together we will do more than we could have separately. And whether that means pursuing the will of Al Absalon with the fever dreams that Crassus deems us worthy to see. And if that means finding a cure for a city of innocence that was cursed by the pride of scholars, maybe that is what it will be. We will see. But right now, I think we have bigger things to worry about. And he motions out over the ledge as night has fallen and, and dark has sort of come over the mountains. These campfires of this army surrounding the city off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Someone has gotten here before we could and it will not be as simple as walking up and knocking on the door, yes? <laughs> Undoubtedly. Di- Whatever differences we have, we can deal with them later. But now we need to get to safety. Do you still have contacts within Montagnon? Do you have people who trust you? Or know they you? They will know. They will know who I am, yes. Do you... Again, since you've been here before, do you know of any more surreptitious ways to enter into the city than the main gates, which it seems like the monsters have already made a ring around? 
Uh, the city is designed as a fortress. There is <laughs> the one way in and the one way out. Now there are tunnels leading into the vast cave systems underneath Epsilon's tail, but that is that is nothing I have knowledge of. I will not know how to intersect with them from this point. So, out of character, so I understand the layout mm-hmm. of the city. So, it's... Uh, there's a, a, a... Like a semicircle mm-hmm. wall. There's a semicircular wall. The city is behind that wall. And the monsters are arrayed in a semicircle outside of the wall. Does this... Very much okay. think Minas Tirith from Return of the King. That was literally what I was... <laughs> yep. What I was wondering. Okay. Um... So does the city extend into the mountain? Yes. Okay. What of the city is, is it 20% out of the mountain, 80% within the mountain, or what is the percentages of ma- of city within and without the mountain? Aw, that's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there's a, there's a good portion of it that is outside of the mountain. Okay. Uh, it might be, you know, if anything, probably closer to 50-50. 50-50, okay. And we're still within the foothills of Absalon's Tail, that's right. Yes, so you're sort of going per- sorry, parallel okay. to the, like, the mountains. Okay. But this is not And you're sort of coming at it from the side-ish. Okay. So where the gate to this would be pointing towards uh, the west, you're coming- you're approaching it from its south. Right. Okay. Is there any way that we can approach it from the east? Coming down from the mountains? Are you asking me, the dungeon master? Or are you asking... Um, I mean, she'll probably ask Carhoon that. You know, do you know if there would be any way, since we have allied ourselves with Owlbear and with Grot, if there's any way that we could kind of circumvent the monsters on the wall and descend into the city from not from the west going through the walls or through the gates but from the east coming down from the mountains well for the two of us it might be possible it would require climbing up into the mountains themselves which is treacherous in and of itself okay it is something no army could accomplish Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm which is what makes Montagnon such a defensible position. But two individuals, we might be able to, to do it, especially with talents such as, well, such as yours. And such as yours. Well, I do not have wings. But you have claws, and you have the dexterity of creatures that these two feet, she, you know, kicks out her, like, humanoid feet and does, like, a little... She can't, like, kick her... Me as a human can't, like, do the, like, kick their heels in the air type of thing, but she, as a person, can. Um, so she does that, and she's like, but you have four four giant paws, which you can't avail yourself of. This is true. Between the two of us, I think it could be done. That may seem to be our best option as to entering the city, then. It is late. Darkness is falling. Do you wish to continue? Now? This is where I'm really torn because, mm-hmm. like, we're both really hurt. Um, yes. So, Carhoon, just as a side note, uh, when he leaves the the shape changed state, he becomes exhausted. Okay. He gains a level of exhaustion, which means he will have disadvantage on all ability checks. Yikes! Because it takes quite a toll out of one. Yeah. Gives you a pretty good boon for the time that you're in it, but once you're out, it's exhausting. Yeah. So that is where he is at. You are both down a butt ton of hit points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Uh... But there's also this monster army poised, and you don't know if they are going to attack in an hour, in a day. I know. If they're just going to stay there, attack in a week. That's the thing. It's like, do we long rest, or do we try to get into the city and then find someone there? Um... You could short rest if you just want to regain hit points. That's true. Um, Octavia will ask Carhoon, Carhoon, do you, is there someone 
are, are any of your colleagues or any of your fellow scholars still in the city? Is there anyone that you know that we could seek refuge with? So once we get into the city, I'm, I'm sure I can find someone to help us. I'm sure some of my old contacts remain. But it is a matter of getting into the city itself that I am not as sure about. What can cure a level of exhaustion? Eight hours of rest. Okay. Let me see if there's a spell. Maybe like a restoration spell. Okay. So there might be like a restoration spell, but it would say in the description. Okay. But more elaborate than just like a simple cure wounds type of thing. Yes, definitely. So he would have to rest or someone would have to give him a higher level spell. Okay. So where are his hit points at? What do you mean, where are his hit points? Well, how does that work? Uh, coming out of the lycanthropy and going back into his humanoid form, like, you know, he had been reduced to zero as a lycanthrope. Mm-hmm. How does that kind of carry over? So he had been reduced to zero, and then you had given him three, so he's just going to have those three okay. remaining. So since the temporary hit points he gained when he went into that form mm-hmm. all got eaten up by, you know, axes and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay. he is he is at whatever you gave him. So he's yeah. he's fine right now. Okay. That makes sense. I mean that's pretty similar to what happens with wild shaping. You know, if you drop to zero anything as a as a creature, anything above that zero would apply to then the humanoid form. Yes. Okay. Okay. What do you think of... uh, Octavia will ask Arhun, what do you think of taking... I do not think it wise to rest here. We've already been found. Uh, Our position has already been, you know, found by by the scouting party. Um, We've already made a racket here with your transformation, my transformation... Orcs dying, um, <laughs> and soon, if these orcs don't uh, report ostensibly to their commander, something uh, they will notice their message, or they're, they're being missing, and uh, will maybe send another scouting party to find them. Um, so it doesn't seem wise to stay here in the long run. I agree. Uh, how do you feel about staying here for half an hour or so and just west resting for a moment, um, catching our breath, and then trying to surreptitiously slip into the city? That sounds good to me. I could use it. Yes. Um, so you guys take a short rest. So yes. you may expend a number of hit dice equal to your level plus your constitution modifier. All right. Um... Can I search the orc bodies while we do the short rest? Sure. Um, they all have a great axe. Okay. There are a couple javelins you could take if you wanted to. Eh. The, uh, the war chief had a pouch with, like, 11 gold in it. Oh, okay. But besides that, not much else. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you guys heal up? Yes. Um, so, I'm going to roll my hit dice really quickly. It's hit dice plus con, right? Yes. Roll a hit dice, add your constitution modifier, and you can do that a number of times okay. equal to your level. All right. Octavia is going to roll all of her hit die. Okie dokie. And if she is back to full. Perfect. What about Carhoon? Yeah, Carhoon also has three hit die. He rolls. Oh, of course he rolled terribly for the first one. Aw. He is not filled up all the way, but he looks much better. Good. <laughs> to say the least. Yes, so he's still exhausted, but okay. you guys both spend, you know, half hour or so yeah. bandaging yourselves up, tending to your wounds, getting yourselves in shape that you can at least carry on without, you know, dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so do you do you press on? So the, the city is in view. Okay. I think we you do. Can... We we kind of bank east 
along the foothills of the mountain to try to descent into the city as opposed to approaching the city from the west and entering in through one of the gates. All right. So that is going to involve climbing up into the the low regions of the mountain mm-hmm, range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to like summit these mountains because that would take a while, mm-hmm. but you do have to get up uh, a reasonable amount so you can go over and then come down into the city. Yeah, so we're down for it. I'll write you to can attempt that. So you're <laughs> on this cliff, mm-hmm. and instead of, you know, working your way down it directly north towards the city, mm-hmm. you work your way east into the mountains themselves and begin ascending into Absalom's tail. Mm-hmm. So it is night. Darkness is falling. You both have dark vision, yes. but that doesn't mean you can see perfectly. No, that means yeah. you can see as if it were in dim light, which is a rule I had gotten wrong in the past. <laughs> Everything appears as dim light, so you can you can see reasonably well. Okay. But it's not perfect. You can see well enough to sort of get on unless either of you would like to light a lantern or a torch or some other light source to aid in your goings. I think we're trying to be surreptitious and try not to let the orc uh, monster army know that something is happening in the foothills. So I think it's great that we both have dark vision and sure we would both be aided by having a lantern or something. But I think we're both just Mm -hmm. not going to light something because we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Okay. Uh, So Carhoon is he he needs aid his his feet keep sort of slipping and he's stumbling a little bit as he is just spent after that combat so as you guys are making your way up through these mountains i'm gonna have uh you roll a survival check for the navigation of this mountain me as octavia you as octavia 16 16. Okay, that's pretty good. You are relatively comfortable navigating through this mountain as you begin to get higher and higher. You're sort of making your way through the brush, which sort of eventually thins out and uh, the base of these mountains fill with uh, evergreen trees and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The ground continues to be rocky and... And slightly difficult to to you know wander through, but with your guidance, you and Carhoon are able to make decent time heading up into these mountains. So you guys climb your way for the first while. It's just sort of a a hike, you know, hiking up and up and up. But after a while, mm-hmm. it does sort of give way to more of this. Rocky, bouldery, cliff-like mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. where the two of you are forced to sort of climb your way up to higher elevations. Mm-hmm. Bouldering as opposed to hiking. Yes, yes. Uh, so these these mountain ranges are notoriously high and some mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. terrain is notoriously difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like difficult terrain was like a thing. Yeah. The terrain is Difficult. Difficult. <laughs> but again, with your your comfort in nature, you guys make pretty good time, mm-hmm. and eventually you you make it to a reasonable elevation uh, before you think you can start cutting north again, where you would be over the city. It's probably like in the middle of the night, past midnight, maybe maybe in like the 1 or 2 a.m. after several hours of just hiking through the darkness up and up and up that you think you can start bearing north where you would be at a reasonable enough elevation to at least get somewhat into uh, the city as it stands. Okay. Well, then, yeah, we, as soon as we kind of figured that we've gone far enough east, we'll definitely start kind of going parallel to the to the mountain range itself so that we can go north and kind of cut around the back of Montagnon. Now, as you are going, so as I've said, this terrain is, is very rocky right. and crumbly. So 
in between, you know, walking and hiking, there are parts where you're going to have to, you know, do a little bit of climbing, yeah. do a little bit of shimmying, <laughs> do a little bit of maybe jump over a, a gap or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'd like both of you to roll athletics check sure. just to, in general, tell us your proficiency in, in not just navigating, but actually traversing this mountainous area. Carhoon will have disadvantage. Okay, good to know. Uh, Octavia rolled a natural 19, which is nice. Whew, all right. Uh, she has zero to her athletics, though, so it's just a 19. Uh, Carhoon <laughs> rolls an 11. Oh, and I dropped the die, and a... Okay, 11 was the lower, so adding his athletics will be a 15. Oh, wait, uh, 17, since he is proficient in athletics. That's with disadvantage? Yeah, I rolled an 11 and an 18. Very nice. So this is going off of the 11. So Carhoon, even in his beleaguered, exhausted state... Why is is he beleaguered? Yes. (laughs) He's still able to push through and, you know, fight on and, and get there. It's almost as if getting closer and closer... To the end goal is giving him, you know, the Strength. motivation mm-hmm. to make it through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the both of you manage to traverse these rocks, jump these gaps, climb these cliffs with maybe not ease, but you're not um, you're not failing mm-hmm. to do so. You're not falling or anything like that. Time passes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make your way through. This early, early morning. Oh, man. I'm so tired. Just even thinking of this, I'm so tired. I was going to say, the two of you, you are probably getting close to it. I should probably have you yeah. roll an exhaustion check pretty soon, too, uh, to see if, if you are exhausted or not. The two of you are dog, dead, tired. Yeah. So you're walking through these hills, these mountains. Again, both of you, your eyes bleary, your feet... Uh, slipping as you make your way along this this rocky area you know a slip could fall could could land you falling very very far which would be very very bad <laughs> as you continue your way both of you roll a perception check okay Carhoon will have disadvantage thank thank you for keeping on reminding me <laughs> i need to uh I always roll Octavia first, and she rolled not great, so she rolls a nine. Um, and let's see, Carhoon will be disadvantaged. Oh, that's great. Five. Five and a Five. nine. Oh. So okay. not great for either of us. Not great for <laughs> So of you. single digits all the way around. The two of you don't notice anything. Okay. I mean, my passive perception is like 15. That's true. You don't notice anything immediately. Okay. And oh, dear. And you continue walking, continue making your way, and it's you're not high enough that it would be significant, significantly cold. You're not past, you know, the, the tree line. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. snowing on the caps yet, but you're getting, you're getting higher and higher. After a little bit more walking, you begin to hear something and it sounds like a low growling oh my gosh i'm so over this (laughs) coming from off in the bushes okay do you ignore it do you continue does this growl seem like it is something that's going to attack us what type of you know what kind of growl is it roll a nature check 12 sounds like a mountain lion Oh. Now, mountain lions are known for, like, tracking people. Right. Like, hikers. Like, you're wandering around, and it'll just follow you, and then maul you and kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So that is what you hear, and Carhoon is, you know, he sort of hears it too. His pointed ears are sort of prickling as you hear this loud... Does it seem like a growl of, if the mountain lion is trying to track us, is this a growl that we were supposed to hear? Or is it like a mountain lion hurt? Or It doesn't sound like it's hurt. Does it sound like an aggressive? It's sort of an uh, 
aggressive growl. Oh. And as, I guess, as Octavia is deciding what oh, to dear. do, you see in front of you, boom, jumping onto the path in front of you, you see this mountain lion sort of standing there. It pads its way out into a little bit of clearing in front of you that you and Carhoon were making your way to, and it stands in front of you, and it puts its paws out, and it snarls and growls again. Okay. I've got lots of practice making cat <laughs> growling noises. We do tack to our cats a lot. Its tail, its tail whips back and forth. Doesn't look like it's happy that you're in its territory right now. What does Octavia do? And Carhoon is like, this seems more up your alley than mine. <laughs> uh, but he does have his grip on his axe in case he needs to use it. I mean, Octavia's like, like, come on, cat. We're not your, you know, predatorial rivals type of thing. Like, we don't care about your territory, but we also don't want you attacking us right now because we're um, kind of hurt. Um, <laughs> What's she do? If I turned into a lion or a tiger, could Carhoon ride me? I'd be a large creature. Yes, I would say so. Okay. Um, well, as Carhoon is seeming to, you know, you know, she's definitely feeling the exhaustion and is feeling um, the the atmosphere and, and continuing on traveling even after we were uh, through this battle. Um Car uh, Octavia is going to turn into a giant white tiger. Not a white tiger. Not giant. The white is just for you know, flavor. Just for yeah, flavor. Yeah. Um yeah. so she's going to turn into a Siberian tiger, a large beast, Ooh. and um you know, mountain cats seem smaller than tigers. They're kind of like in between, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she is going to kind of just turn and in, you know, as much of a cat kind of communication as she can be like, <laughs> don't mess with us. We're just traveling through. We don't care about you. Don't attack us. And we won't attack you and everything will be fine. You can roll a persuasion or intimidation check if you would like, depending on how you want to play this. Are you trying to reason with this cat? Are you trying to be like, back off? I mean, probably, like, Persuasion. Um, okay. Well, that's not great, because I rolled a natural four for a total of eight. Oh, no. Yeah. It doesn't immediately disperse from your path, but seeing you turn into this white tiger definitely has it on edge. Yeah. And it sort of arches its back and hisses at you, and its tail whips back and forth quicker. It... Its its fur puffs up and it's hissing at you. Okay. Uh, so you're a tiger. Carhoon is standing next to you, axe in hand. I would have told Carhoon prior to transforming to get on my back as soon as I turned into the tiger. Okay. Carhoon slowly, sort of keeping his eyes fixed on this other cat, uh, straddles over your back and grabs a handful of your neck fur. Okay. I'm just going to keep on walking then. Okay. You know, I'm going to kind of, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm this giant, I, I, not giant, technically yes. speaking, but, you know, right, right, I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a, a feline that's bigger than this other feline. I have an elf on my back, and I am going to give another roar, um, you know, a good old tiger roar, and mm -hmm. then I'm going to turn around and just with the air of a cat that just does not care about you, leave this mountain cat's territory. <laughs> okay. Because I don't. Sorry? Because I don't. I just don't care. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't okay. care. Yeah. Roll, roll one more intimidation check okay. where you can roll with advantage. Oh, great. Okay. Cat to cat. <laughs> right? Oh, that's not great. I rolled a seven, so that is a total of nine, even with... With advantage, you rolled a seven? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This dice um, goes in dice jail. Over here, bye-bye. The mountain lion 
you you pass and there's sort of a tense standoff as it's its back is arched, its fur is poofed up, it's hissing, it's spitting as you're walking past it. It's like <laughs> Um, <laughs> it maybe takes a it, it doesn't take a swipe but it has like its paw yeah. raised up and its claws mm-hmm, out and it's like mm-hmm, ready mm-hmm. like if you get one more step I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you <laughs> I'm gonna hit you but after a tense standoff encircling this cat you can uh it, it does not make any more aggressive moves okay. it does not seem like it's going to jump you and attack you okay good and its hisses fade into the distance. Good. Oh, man. You continue on your way. Yeah, and I continue as a tiger because, you know, I don't have mm-hmm. those levels of exhaustion. And I feel, you know, of all of the of all the creatures, I mean, sure, it'd be handy to be a goat in the mountains, but a cat would be the second best. So as far as, stead, you know, having steady feet and steadfastness, she's just wanting to try to make it easier on Carhoon. Um, try to kind of help him out and be able to, you know, carry him as much as she can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you guys continue making your way parallel up higher in these mountains toward Montignon. Mm-hmm. And as you go, the dawn, the sun begins to rise. Wow. You have been trudging throughout the night. How? So do we know how long it's estimated, like... How much longer it would take for us to get there? I kind of... You feel like you are almost there, but this has been much slower going because everything is... It's harder to walk up here. It's harder to climb up here. Everything is difficult, uh, difficult terrain. It's difficult to move in. So your pace is just slower. Okay. So you guys... And coupled with the fact that you have been, you know, wandering with an exhausted elf this entire time who is not moving as quickly as he necessarily Mm -hmm, could. mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So you see the first rays of morning light begin to crest over the mountaintops. And after, you know, you, you've been walking a few, like an, another hour or so after this encounter. And both of you, tired, exhausted as you are, uh, don't notice as some more figures I know this is becoming a repeat happening, but some things come out of the brush around you, in front of you. In front of you, from out of the the rocky and the the tree terrain, steps another mountain lion. In fact, it might be the same mountain lion that you just passed, but next to it, there's a wolf, and next to it, there's a boar. What? And the mountain lion. Am I still a takes another, tiger at this you're point? You're still a. Um, we'll say it's been about an hour, so sure, you're still a tiger okay. at this point, if you would like to be. I mean, I, it's close to my not being a tiger anymore, but this mountain lion takes a few pads up closer to you. Uh, it's not hissing. Okay. It's not growling. It sniffs. You. It looks you up and down. It looks at Carhoon sitting on your back. And then it sort of hops back and its form shifts. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it turns into an elf. Another elf. What? Standing in front of you. What? As this mountain lion sort of shaped shifts into this humanoid elfin man standing in front of you wearing... Sort of ranger-like garb, a robe, leathers, longbow strung over its back, and it looks at the two of you, and it says, Karun, you have returned, but it appears you have brought doom to our doorstep with you. Who is this one you travel with? And Karun opens his mouth to answer, but as he does, you hear something ringing out in the distance. You hear the sounds of horns. Oh my gosh. Low, deep, rumbling war horns coming from the valley below you. Oh my gosh. The two other animals on either side of this mountain line also similarly shift into humanoid forms. Probably one of them is a human. Mm-hmm. 
I actually didn't decide what the other one is, so <laughs> I'm just going to say the other two are humans. Uh, they shift back into these uh, these figures, and they're all sort of looking a bit perturbed. Okay. They say, well, what what is what is Octavia doing as this happens? Oh, sorry, do, did you say that they said something? No, okay. they, they shift out of this form, and what is Octavia doing? What did you say that the elf called me again? The elf didn't call you anything. He said, uh, what are you doing bringing this something here? He addressed Carhoon by name. Yes. And what exactly did he say to Carhoon again? He says, Carhoon, you have returned, but it appears you have brought doom to our doorstep with you. You would guess he was referring to the monster army okay. outside. Octavia will kind of like shift and let Carhoon, you know, dismount and kind of get gain <laughs> stable footing before she she'll unwild shape as well. And she'll take a step forward and she will say, it seems I am at a disadvantage because you know my traveling party by name, but I do not know yours. I am Octavia. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking? Again, the elf turns to answer you, but you hear again horns bellow out from below you loud and long. And immediately after you hear not just horns, but voices sort of chanting and shouting as one. And the elf says, we can deal with introductions later. It appears our city is under attack, and we could use all the assistance we can get. Karun, I assume this one can be trusted. The two of you must come with us. And then the three of them sort of turn and beckon for you to follow. It, uh, Octavia will go, but she will take two seconds to say, it will take no time for you to tell me the name of the people that I am following. Karun says, I will tell you their names. On the next episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. A great way for us to grow and reach more people like you is to share us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us or any friends you think might be interested. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com or get in touch with us on social media. Our handle is at and a die podcast. We'd love to hear from y'all and we always try to respond to each message we get. Catch y'all next week. <laughs>